Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 76. I got it wrong in our fake intro, which I said 75, but like... That's going to mean a lot we got to it right this time. This, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it means a lot for all the people who didn't hear the first <laughs> intro. <laughs> but but this time I got it right. Um, basically, we've got, we've got a guest because I guess he's here. Uh, his name's Tony. He's been on a previous <laughs> podcast. You don't need much of an intro. None of us have um, met him. We're not really right, sure who he is, honestly. But, you know, here he is on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. For the like, second time. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be back on. Got super sunburnt at the beach today, so I'm sitting back and my back is hurting right now. But we're going to, we're going to, we're going to bear through this. Your back is hurting because you carried us through that last game on Bind, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, like, you know, it's all those, walk in the park, right? All those oh, safe rolls in like 1v4s. I mean, 4v1s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chase, didn't you, didn't you team MVP that one? Oh, yeah. I was hoping yeah, okay. to match MVP it. But um... their raise beat me out. Yeah. I had the same number of kills, but had some apparently better kills or something. I don't fucking know. Also, dude, it's raised. She just hucks a nade, gets like 5,000 damage, and then like... That did happen to Tony a couple mm. times. <laughs> yeah. 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 Got fucked. I like what time where like, oh, Tony's right. dead. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, what the? There, there was this one specifically in Lamps that like, I was like, just trying to fiddle with my cam to see what the KJ that was going, was trying to come short with what they were doing, and then like, Boom, nade, and I thought I was like, this can't kill me, and then it's fucking dead. Like, yeah, guys, we're, we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves here. Too much power and talk before beer. Yeah, talk. yeah what the heck? Yeah. Talk. Chase, what are you sipping on? Well, and it better not said, be a fucking Corona. We were at the beach all day, so I'm sipping on a fucking Corona because I still oh, have them from Chase. the beach. That's incredible. I, I love yeah. Coronas. Yeah, I mean, it's perfect. Cass was giving me shit for bringing Coronas to the beach. I'm like, one, he brought Bud Lights to the beach. Okay. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> In my defense, I did not pay for them. I you still brought free, them. <laughs> I brought free beers to the beach. Yeah, and I brought the perfect beach beer. Exactly. Find like, your beach, dude. Find your beach. It's literally yeah. their slogan. Yeah, but, but also, think- Chase, let's be honest. Your beach is not on a beach. No, that is 100% true. My <laughs> beach is not on a beach. I left like four hours before these guys did. Yeah, we spent the whole day there. Yeah, Cass, if you can't yeah. enjoy a Corona glass bottle with the lime in it on a nice day out with the butt, with the homies, then like, you know, what are you even doing? Oh, you think You're this not motherfucker a beer brought limes with him? No, but it's still good. It's still good, <laughs> but the, the limes really set it off. But yeah. Well, so for all the people that like, I mean, basically everybody who, who uh, listens to this podcast doesn't know Cass personally, but I can tell you something about him that he just loves to talk shit, even when there's no reason to. So. I'm pretty sure That's, everyone who listens to the yeah. podcast knows that. Absolutely knows that. that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's If you've listened fair. to fucking 150 hours of this bullshit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but also, like... Actually, that like... Real, real quick aside, please let me know in the Discord, have any of you listened to every single episode ever? <laughs> because I'm really curious, and that would be awesome. If Not you me. That's got to be at least 150 hours. Like, it is. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How, I wonder how much more than that it is. Okay, but here's the deal. Like, yeah, like Chase, you can't just have the Rona. Like, mm. I know how many you went with, and that's just not enough. Oh, well, I have one. Well, I had two Coronas left because, um, and now I, I have one. I was going to drink both of them, but then I opened them, and then 
uh, my girlfriend was like, I want one of those. So yeah, I gave her one and I have a backup of bullet. So we're, we're ready to go. We're not only having oh. one beer. Don't worry about it. All right. We're fine. Cause I know how many you drank at the beach and I know how many I stole. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you stole one. Wait, yeah, wait, so, so you're making fun of Chase's beer selection and yet you're still stealing from him. Yeah, yeah, he stole from yeah. me and, and drank all the rest of his beers. So, yeah, hey, I only brought eight to the beach with me, all right? Chill out. Yeah, Cass calls me. It's uh, a casual day. Cass calls me like 45 <laughs> minutes before our premiere game and is like, hey, what time is our premiere game? Keep in mind, there's only two times it's 11 p.m. Eastern for Saturday and 10 p.m. for Monday. <laughs> and the um, funny part was like, I, I even heard Cass say, like, when he was talking to Hunter, he's like, uh, Cass was like, oh, yeah, Tony's with me, which means that he was trying to, Hunter was wondering if I could be a sub, and he's just yeah, like, that's oh, correct. Oh, that is correct. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wasn't sure, the way Cass was talking, I wasn't sure when he was going to be back. Uh, you know, he didn't say right, right away. Um, but, yeah, as it turned out, it all worked out. It worked out, yeah. 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 Uh, Hunter, what are you drinking? Yes. So uh, remember a couple podcast episodes ago, I had that whole long spiel about finding impending doom for the first time in a while. Well, I've since been to the Heavy Seas Brewery because as it turned out, I was going duck pin bowling with some friends at like five miles away. Um, oh, that's a big Maryland thing. Nobody else on the, the podcast fuck has is any... duck pin bowling. Yeah, I was going to say nobody else on the podcast has really? any fucking idea what duck pin bowling is. I, I have you no idea. Only I've never heard of this. <laughs> yeah, so duck fin bowling is essentially you have uh, much, much smaller um, pins, and then you have a much smaller ball. You can basically hold it, you know, instead of, you don't, it's there's no holes. Size. Exactly. There's no holes to put your fingers in. You just hold the whole ball. So essentially, it's like mini bowling, but the, like the lanes are the same size. Oh, they're also, dude. They're I, also I like six, before. it's only six pins. No, that's not the one I was doing. Ten pin, oh. yeah, ten pin. I know, I know. Duck pin is six pin, or like duck pin bowling is six, six pin bowling. I have never but... done six pin duck pin bowling. Oh, okay, interesting. But, uh, maybe that's a DC thing. Maybe they do it differently in DC. Well, no, oh, like I, I, I do this out in like Pennsylvania and Maryland when I go. But like, got it, got it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So that's that's what duck pin is. It's it's a lot more casual, I think, than uh, regular bowling, which is nice for me because I'm very bad at both forms of bowling. Honestly, mm-hmm. is is normal bowling not casual? Like, I mean, no, there's no, like professional like people... bowling at like yeah, not sure duck pin level. Yeah, but like you don't go bowling because you're a professional bowler. You go bowling hey, so you can have a beer and you have literally nothing else better to do. At the Naval my Academy, aunt... one of my uh, people in my same unit uh, was on their high school bowling team from Washington State. So, you know, some people take it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be, be offending anybody who's like a pro bowler on our podcast. So just. Yeah, we might yeah. be. No, I've been a lot fine. of listeners from all the pro bowlers yeah. who listen to are now very offended. Anyway, so back to my mm-hmm. beer. So this is the latest in the Impending Doom series. As I was saying, I figured out the series now. This one has a similar uh, like base of the beer. It's uh, the hazy double IPA. But this one is a fuzzy navel double IPA, meaning that it has a generous amount of orange juice and peach puree. Like, it is incredibly peachy. Um, and they call it uh, somewhere they say, oh, yeah, fuzzy navel. It almost does taste fuzzy. I don't know what it is, but... The mouthfeel is almost like you're biting into a peach and you, you have that sensation of the fuzziness of the skin. It's not exactly the same, but like, I don't know how they did it. It's, it's very cool. I, I like it a lot. 
All right. I don't want to hear any more about your fuzzy navel. Yeah, understand. <laughs> I I can see how that beer would be would be very solid though. Oh yeah, it's quite good. Uh-huh. Um, well, Tony, I I know what you're drinking because it's yeah my beer, but like yeah, what do you what do you got? Um, yeah, so I, you gave me this. Uh, damn, I got to wrap this all around the damn glitterous. He doesn't even know. Glitterous Pride twenty twenty two. Proudly out in Quinell. So Quinell is like a is a is a town in the middle of buttfuck nowhere up in British Columbia. And um yeah, it's four point five percent. It's just like a blonde ale. Tastes just like tastes just like any other beer, honestly. It's a very, very basic beer. Um yeah, just like didn't have any didn't have much alcohol left over from the beach today because I drank drank all of it and uh well almost all of it. The last of my alcohol I have from the beach is what I have here, which is a white claw. Um, it's like the surf edition, the wildberry acai smash flavor. These are actually, I think they're a little bit better than the normal white claws. I really like them. Um, there was like this one. That's like the peach yuzu flavor. That's the best one, but this it's a citrus yuzu. Yeah. Yeah. Taste, is like, that the one that tastes like a mojito? Yeah. yeah Cause it had that, the minty ass flavor and it was really good. And, yeah, I um, think the only one, legitimate like too, though. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say I think the only legitimate reason to drink a white claw is for the legal immunity that it gives you. Otherwise, <laughs> it's not a not a big fan. I <laughs> love white claws like like there are no lo- I get it. Yeah. I was just way late on <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, the the yeah. the surf series like it's what Tony's talking about. I think are like genuinely just like way better than the original stuff. So. Yeah. Like pretty good. By a considerable margin. Yeah. I, I Except for the tried. black cherry. The black, the black cherry is solid. They've got like a little surfboard cover icon on the front. Yeah, which is sick because I love surfing. And it really, drinking this really brings me back to my surfing days. I really, I literally feel like I'm getting spat out of like a super thick barrel as mm-hmm. I'm drinking this. It's insane. Um, All right. Well, I, uh, I'm drinking a the genuine sluice juice by Vakerville Brewing Co. Um, yeah, there, there's a bunch of apricots on, on the front of this can. Um, it's got literally zero IBUs and it's just hazy, fresh and juicy. Hmm. So it's not according to them. It's not hoppy. It's just hazy. No, it is not hoppy. Uh, very, very, very fruit forward. I think to a fault. I'm, I'm not loving. I'm not loving this guy. Um, along with the beer that Tony is drinking, I ended up with this through, I believe, Josh leaving a bunch of them at our house. They have, to my knowledge, been in our garage for a very long time. I was sorting through our garage the other day to find a bunch of shit, and I stumbled across this and the beer Tony is drinking, uh, and that is how I ended up with them. But uh, there you have it. I, I have had the sluice juice before because it seemed very up my alley, and I was just like, eh, "It's fine. I don't love it though." Um, but it is what I have around the house after proceeding to demolish all the other alcohol I had in my house earlier today. So, uh, it's what we're going with. 
Nice. Are we going to talk about how Tony's currently filming a shaky cam horror film? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I was like, literally picked up his computer yeah. and is moving it through the house, through his dark hallways. Now you're giving away to everybody who listens to the podcast. I'm playing on a laptop, bro. Thanks, dude. I You <laughs> Thanks, literally just bro. gave that away. You could have just been recording on your laptop. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I just went downstairs to get my day. Yeah, basically... Mm. What I want to get into before we get to the whole Tony situation here. Well, I actually um, forgot to say one thing about what I was drinking. So, okay. depending if I'm willing to get into this, my boss, it was his birthday. It was his birthday on Friday, and he's Mexican, and he took us out all to lunch, and then uh, he basically went to the liquor store and bought himself like the nicest <laughs> bottle of tequila that he could basically find, and then so. When we get back to the parking lot of my of my work, he just pulls out the shittiest bottle of tequila out of his car and just gives it to me. So if, if I'm if I'm just not feeling satisfied, I'm going to dig into some of that. Um, what, yeah. what, what is El Himidor? El Himidor. Oh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one, Chief. It's a tough um, one. You just start doing tequila shots. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Probably not going to happen, but I have, just, just I have back salt, up. I have salt cl- shot glasses in the kitchen. Oh yeah, oh, Cass, Cass will do body shots with you. Yeah. Would you really? I mean, depends how badly you want them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cass Very is bad. going wild. It's up to you, Tony. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's been a while since I have given and or received a, a body shot, but I think it was high school. Uh, it's definitely been since then. I don't know if it has. Oh, actually, yeah, I take that back. Tequila that much, but no, no, no. I've taken a body shot of uh, of whiskey off Josh before. Yeah, there we go. I don't think I've yeah. ever taken a body shot. No, yeah, you never that. taken a body shot. Oh, that's like a an essential experience to no, have. No, there was um. Yeah. Well, God, what's that game at a bar? <laughs> true, true. Wait, what's yeah. the game we have? It's um fucking drink or die. Oh my Is that God. the one? The like the stupid card game, drinking game, which they go sure. way fucking overkill with like. It's like one of them is like send a dick pic to your mom and don't respond for 24 hours or finish your drink. Well, it's like obviously I'm gonna finish my fucking drink. That's not much of an option. Yeah, yeah. Who who uh, would do that? <laughs> I feel like that's a, that's crossing a line because the only person who's gonna do yeah. that is like way too drunk and is gonna definitely regret that. Yeah, they're yeah. like they're a bunch of really like like way out of their scenarios that like they come up with that it's just like. Well, the only, it's meant to be like the red card and you draw the red card and it's supposed to be like, ooh, like, big thing coming up. But it's like, you just finish your drink because you're not doing what's on the card. Um, yeah. But one of those was uh, take a body shot off uh, someone of someone else's choosing. Um, and I drew that. Yeah, like that one's a lot and, more reasonable. Yeah, <laughs> it's very but, reasonable. but it wasn't, but the alternative wasn't finish your drink. Like, it's only the red cards that have the finish your drink on it. Oh, I see. Um, okay. It's like or take like three sips or something. Yeah, yeah. something like okay, well, that. I guess, like, like, I guess well, that makes like, more sense then. Still yeah. really messed up. Okay. Either way, what I want to get into right now is um, I want to talk about people saving their alts. Because Tony and I ended up in a in a conversation in a in a game we played the other day in which uh, the sage used her res for for Tony, or two res Tony. Oh, yeah. I remember to, this, yeah. Yeah, like, as an eco res. Like, it, it got us an extra rifle into the next round. 
Um, and we're talking about that scenario, and Tony's just like, yo, what the fuck? And I'm like, given the current context, I agreed with Tony. It was a bit of a what the fuck. Like, we had money to buy, and more importantly, there weren't a realistic number of rounds left in the half for her to get her all back. Yeah. Um, but what I was saying is, I don't always disagree with that. Like, I think you reach a certain point in which, like, like you, you get into a scenario in which, like, you're 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 holding on to your all, and you're you're just like, well, but it might come into a situation where, like, I really want this. And it's like, I think before you reach a certain threshold in the half, you might just be better off letting it go. Yeah, I mean, I I think you're definitely on to something. I don't yeah. know how hot of a take that is. No, 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 no. It, it's less of a hot take and it's more about just like, I see, I see a lot of people in a ranked games, like holding on to an alt and just like not putting it to use. Like, for example, in that game on bind, we just played their Reyna had alt for the majority of the half. Because I was paying attention to what what alts uh, like the enemy had online, and the Reina had alt for almost the entirety of the half, never popped it. Yeah, I yeah, think it's that, like it, there's a point where you should, yeah, you and, do it. Yeah. And I'll say in particular as one of the duelists with a six point alt. Um, first of all, you know you get your alt very quickly, and second of all, uh, playing duelists, you're more likely to get kills anyway. So I, I think for duelists in particular. If you have alt, you want to use it. Um, well, I, I'm really thinking of, I guess, Phoenix alt and Reyna alt. Uh, because, yeah, you're probably going to get it back pretty quickly. So you're you're losing value by not using it. I mean, I think well, that especially during the beginning of a, of a half, right? Like, you should kind of yeah. be looking to any opportunity to use your ult and use it. Not in, like, a, in like a dumb throw-it-away way. But... Yeah. Like, if you have, like, a good opportunity that might not be, like, the ideal one, maybe you're like, oh, like, I have a post-plant ult, but we are just, like, not getting into post-plant situations. Just pop it mid-round. Yeah. Try to get a kill with it. Um, mm-hmm. is it, Like, during the beginning of, of a half, I think. During maybe the first six rounds. Because then you're the most likely to uh, at least get it back for another time. Yeah, yeah. I'll, put it, I'll put another perspective on this. Um... So, me as a person who plays Cypher whenever I have to play Sentinel, or whenever I want to play Sentinel, um, there were two, uh, there were two instances last game where I definitely didn't do the best ult, and it was because they were both, we were both 4v1, but the thing is that as Cypher, like, you, since you need to be near a body, I just, like, killed somebody, and immediately was just like, oh, I can ult, and then I just ulted, you know, but it was both of the times that I remember ulting in that game were, we really did not need to ult, and especially the second time, I ulted. I ulted in in hookah. We're playing defense, and then I knew that the last player, um, and we were still in a four v one. The last player was short, and yeah, pinged him short, and then I peek him short, and I died. Like that, what, did that ult really help me? Like, I mean, it helped the team, I guess, but like, mm. um, I think with cipher, maybe as opposed to other agents, you are. Uh, you're more inclined to use your ult in times where it may not be the most, uh, the most effective, but because like you have the chance right now, you're going to use it, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, I can see that. 
Oh, yeah, especially to say for actually, like, farming old tarps. Like, especially when I'm working. And mm. it's just like, well, this is free. Why wouldn't I take it? Yeah. Um, and, like, after having played Cypher for a full act, I feel like his his ult is a little bit better than people generally give it credit for. Yeah, I'm not I gonna, agree. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say it's a good ult, but, like... Well, especially since the buff. Like, it yeah, got I think since the buff, buff, it's a good ult for the cost. The fact that it's a, yeah. it's a 6.0, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is a 6.0. And, like, I can... I can reliably get that off twice twice a half when I'm farming ult orbs three times a half. Um, and there's definitely a point in which to say, okay, well, like, it's it's a 5v2. Like, do I need to use it? Maybe not. But our econ isn't phenomenal. Let me fire this off and just, like, try to not lose weapons here. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think that's a worthwhile trade in terms of I will be able to get this up back within within this half. Um, whereas I find that, like, more so on the other side of the coin when I'm playing Jet, there are a lot of times where it's like, well, yeah, but I don't, like, I don't need to pop knives in this situation. Like, especially if I have a rifle. If I have an op, I'm way more willing to pop knives. Um to go into something, but it's like, it, if I have a rifle, it's like, well, but but why would I do this? Um, Like, I already have, like, a good enough weapon to pop through the smoke and take a yeah. gunfight with. I mean, I think it's very character-dependent, like we're kind of discussing here. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, as Brim, I mean, if, I, if we're in, like, a 5v2, like, I'm not popping ult. Right, like it's too it's too valuable. I want I want there to be more people alive, or like in a tighter situation to get more value out of this ult that I'm probably gonna get back. You know, maybe once and a half. Like I get it twice if I'm doing well. I get it twice, yeah, but, but like you have, you have to do pretty ult? poorly, pretty poorly to do it uh, to get it um, once. But I mean, I think we should, in like um, we should we should probably talk about like. What if you're like a KJ? Like how what about what about how long is like how long is like a decent amount of time to hold on to an ult? Because that's an important ult that like you really need to use at the right time. I mean, it's very it valuable. Though, like it is a it is a very valuable ult, but I feel like there are many more opportunities to use like a KJ ult. Um where you can use it to like delay if you're on defense like significantly, yeah. and you can use it as a part of your attack plan on attack. So if you have ult, then you like say, Hey, let's take sight with my ult. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think there's really a reason to be holding on to KJ ult longer than a round. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I see and the, in... the, the holding it the round would be if you're on an eco, basically like a heavy yeah. save, you probably don't want to invest the KJ ult. Yeah. I, I see it more in terms of like the, the brim and the Sova ult, like specifically the ults that can break KJ ult being like, Oh, well, like, they have a KJ alt active. I might not want to use this here. Well, uh, I feel, I feel like, like that applies much more to pro play when the timing is so precise. I feel like people aren't good enough with KJ alts at our level to justify holding on to a Brim or Sova ult specifically for that purpose. Well, it, like, I mean, maybe it's something that you just see in the scoreboard when, like, you're looking at it and you're just like, oh, well, like, they have a KJ alt active. There's a good chance that, like, they're going to play off-site and, and play for retake here. 
like it like you just see the potential there boiling like in a given round right yeah and you're like okay maybe like even if i get a ping or two uh, off my my silver dart as we're entering site like maybe i don't let this fly like maybe maybe i hold i hold on to it like I, i'm not saying it's necessarily something that's worth sitting on for three four rounds to potentially be able to counter the killjoy alt but i think it's something that might be worth holding on to for a round or two in case you end up in that scenario speaking of the kj ult um i think in my personal opinion like in terms of pro play um i think it's been it's been like just just like i know casting set like uh the uh, the Harbor Viper meta, especially on Pro, is like really boring to watch. I also think that having like the the KJ the KJ Sova uh, meta, like on like a scent, for example, is just like so fucking boring, dude. It's just like every time there's a KJ alt and like somebody has a Sova, it always it's just always like that. And you like you you never see like other comps, like you never see like there's been a bit of Fade being played, a little bit of more Fade being played played recently, but like. I remember especially in the beginning of like the um like this whole like Valorant Americas and like the EMEA like their own leagues thing, like it was just like KJ Sova, like every map that they were at least somewhat viable on. And it was just like so damn boring to watch, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. like, would you rather see like more aggressive Sova ults? Because that's really what you're talking about—the KJ ult. Yeah, yeah I want to see people get. I want to see people but... getting killed, and you, you, you obviously do see it, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, that it is cooler to see people getting killed by by the ult than it is to, like, you know, see it be wasted to just break the KJ well, ult. What, what, what I find really interesting, and, and I hate the way that observers do this because it's often they observe the Sova while he's ulting. But, like, uh, I know this was a big thing between, uh, now, admittedly, G2 is doing fucking dog shit in the current Challengers League. Yeah. But, um, in the last split, it was something that Oxy and Shazam had down really well, in which, uh, Shazam would alt certain areas as the site exec was going off. And Oxy would end up with, like, a 3k off Shazam just displacing people with the alt. And so, on paper, Shazam got no value out of the Sova ult. Right, right. But, like, but Oxy walked onto site and got a 3k because the, like, people were dodging the, 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 like, the, 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 like, the fucking, that, like, ray beam or whatever, um, and were not in a position to be able to reliably take a gunfight, or he would tag somebody up and Shazam would hit him with the the beam and then they'd die. Like, it, it worked out very well for them. Um, and I feel like it's way more exciting to see that mm-hmm. from the perspective of either the guy trying to dodge the the Soviet util or whoever's pushing onto site to take advantage of the fact that people are displaced by this, um, which is something that I feel like the observers perhaps don't do the best job of of showing, or there are a bunch of situations where you don't see the value in terms of well, I altered this given angle, but the response to that was, we're going to fall back to CT, and then we got this ground, but there's no visual way to show that, hey, this is what this alt got us. Uh, it, like, it just looks like 
somebody scaled up to site and there wasn't anybody there to contest it. Yeah, I want to see I want to see more like I mean, I don't really know how viable this is in pro play anymore, but I want to see more like Sova darts, people get tagged and then like and then uh and then all of a sudden boom, pop pop the ult and they and they shoot them with the beam. Um and like you you obviously don't see that as much anymore with the uh, with, with the tagging with the Sova drone anymore. Um especially cuz only only does two uh two pings now, but um I was wondering your guys' opinion on this uh on this like so on average, like obviously every single situation where uh where this happens is, is different, but um who do you think who do you think gains more value usually? The KJ who pops their ult and gets it destroyed, or the Sova who destroys it? Like in the long run, because like they both waste it. They 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 basically You're saying both, yeah, both is, is it, it a wash or is it like yeah, uh, like did on somebody average. get value out of that? I yeah, I think the Sova gets more value out of that. I was gonna say the KJ. Oh, yeah, I was okay. gonna say the Sova okay. for sure. Well, I was imagining. Right, Hunter, I was imagining argue, this the, be, argue the KJ. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I was imagining that this was a uh, the KJ is on attack. So yeah. by the KJ, you know, popping the ult uh, for the sight hit. Well, you know, the Sova can't ult the KJ ult from you know the other site. So the Sova has to be either in like mid or on the site. In most depends, cases, there are some exceptions. Map. Yeah, there are some exceptions. Right, right. But in most cases, the Sova has to be relatively close. And that means that, for one, they're burning the Sova ult. But for two, they're also not helping stop the push onto the site. And, like, that's what you are, you know, dropping the KJ ult for anyway, to take site easier. And you're still doing that to an extent because the Sova now can't support. Uh, he just has to focus solely on breaking the KJ ult. So that's that is an I interesting agree. way of putting it, yeah. Thanks. I, I agree with Hunter here because I, I think the, I think the, um, the KJ gets more value because... Like, um, in the end, like the KJ ult, uh, I've, I've said this on the podcast before. I think, you know, the most important part of Valorant, I mean, I could be wrong cause I'm not that good, but the most important part in the end is just getting a kill. And with a KJ ult, you can't really like, you can kill somebody if they get detained, but in the end, the, the Sova, the Sova ult, like, um, it gets you kills. And it's like, if you start off the round, like, like base, if you start off the round, basically like five before. Like that's already such a great asset to your team, and especially because the person, like nobody, nobody on your on your team lost damage to that. You know, like usually, like you know, if you kill somebody on the other team, you probably took a little bit of damage, right? Um, yeah, that's that's what I think. That's what I'm saying because the Sobol has the potential to get kills. Yeah, is more wasted on not having uh, not getting kills. Yeah. That's what I, I mean, I think in, in a way, I yeah. I think that it's probably more valuable that you're taking a gun out of play for those for the duration of the, the Sova ulting, um, especially on the side exec. But really what I was thinking is that most likely your plan in, revolves around the KJ ult. Mm, yeah. Um, which having a, the Sova there to, to ult it... Um, just completely disrupts that plan and it allows the rest of the Sova's team to stay on site. So you're not getting the value of pushing everybody away that you were hoping to get out of that KJ ult. You're getting one less crosshair, but people still have to be everywhere else. Right? Like, they thing. can be everywhere else. They so like you still have to clear everything. Here's another thing though. So at pro like we're specifically talking about pro play because 
we're because we're not very good at like retakes, right? Like we don't we don't wait for we don't generally wait like 15 seconds for a sky to get their to get their flashback after the uh, in post plan, right? But um like I feel like so what happens a lot in pro play I see is like um okay, like uh like the the attackers like okay, they they tried to or they tried to rush a site, KJ ults, right? And then and then like Sova Sova destroys it. And then it's like then it's basically just like a five man rush into A, for example. And then obviously the uh, the, de- the the defenders are all just going to back off, right? So it's still five v five. And I feel like in post plant, like pros are so good at retaking that like you know that like the they're still they still have, like the 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 defense even in the post plant when if I when it's a five v five still have such a good chance of like winning the round, you know. And that's why I think, like, that's why I think the KJ, like, like, that's another aspect, I guess, to why I think KJ, uh, the KJ ult kind of, kind of wins here. Because, like, they, even though the ult got destroyed, they still have such a great chance of winning the round. Specifically when it's 5v5. And this happens pretty often, so. Yeah, I, I guess I got two points here. And one of them is a bit of a devil's advocate point, because I, I think that the, uh. Actually, I guess it's not really. I I think the Sova's ult, like the Sova's ult is more valuable, and one of the reasons is because it's just more versatile than the Kojoy ult. Like you, you can do a lot with that. You can use it to you can use it to clear a given angle. Uh, you can use it to clear a couple given angles as you're pushing onto site. Just like hey, nobody's in this beam radius, otherwise they would have gotten pinged. Um, like you can use it to break the Kojoy lockdown, or you can use it for post plant purposes. Um, and then on top of that, I think, especially at pro play, you get passive value by having that in your pocket and being like, oh, or well, the killjoy on the other team being like, oh, well, their Sova's alive. I don't really know if I want to use this for the retake. Like, it's just going to get canceled out. I and agree like, with you that Sova's ult is better, but not, not in this situation, I don't think. But like that that's why I think in general the Sova ult is just more powerful than the Killjoy ult, regardless of the trade that goes down. Because like you get like or I think it's more versatile, can be used can be used for a variety of purposes. Um and you get passive value out of that just being in your pocket. Whereas with the Killjoy ult, you might get some passive value out of that being in your pocket, in terms of, like, the Sova doesn't want to just let his ult fly. Um, but I just think it's just significantly less versatile. The The only thing this Killjoy ult does, and admittedly it does a really fucking good job of it, is we're taking this. You can't be here. Yeah. And despite how good of a job it does at that, I think it's really fucking strong. I just don't think it's as versatile as uh, Hunter's Fury. Well, I mean that—that's more of an argument towards the uh, the KJ getting more value because they're trading a like worse ult for a better ult in this scenario. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying like you're you're arguing the other point here. Y- yeah. Which, yes. Like I kind of acknowledged with the whole devil's advocate point here, or like that I initially stated, but I still disagree with. The fact that it's fully playing devil's advocate because, like, despite the fact that you're going for a quote-unquote equal trade, 
I still think the passive value from just being able to hold on to a given ult is is just in the other in the other hand. Like you're better off being the Sova in this trade, despite the fact that when this scenario comes down, you might quote unquote lose the the literal alt trade. I still think Wait, you're that's in a what we're talking. We're talking about the alt trade. We're not talking about yeah. which character is better. No, 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 no. It's not about which character is better. Is is I think. I think having or the presence of the alt from Sova's perspective is stronger than the presence of the alt from the Killjoy's perspective. So you you're just arguing a different point entirely here. Yeah, well, I'm I'm thinking the more slightly more big picture, not like full game big picture, but just like a couple rounds prior, a couple rounds post. Right, so that's a different point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that from that framework, then that means Sova having to use the ult to destroy the KJ ult means that that is worse for the Sova than for the KJ. However, if you can also say that it you have to use it to actually destroy the KJ ult in order to get the passive value out of it. Because yeah. if there's, like, you don't have a threat if there's no follow through. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? Like, like the, K, the KJ is not worried that the Sova is going to destroy the lockdown unless they actually do destroy the lockdown. Like at the rank well, well, you need to have the potential there. You need to have the potential can, to do it, you, yeah. You can, you can bluff it for lack yeah, of so a better Yeah, so you, get, you get some value for bluff, but obviously yeah. the most value you're going to get is after you've done it once, and then it comes up again in the game. Right, but, right, right. Yeah. Here's another thing, though. What, what if what if, what if pros use this strat, right? Like, who knows? This this I could make make a point here that could be like the shittiest point ever. But I it just came into my head, right? So what if what if it's five v five early in the round? KJ ult is popped pretty early in the, pretty fairly early in the round. The other team waits it out, and the other team has the Sova ult, right? And like uh, for more context here, I forgot to say, defense KJ ult, offense has the uh, has the Sova ult. What if what if when the KJ ult is popped, the Sova waits until it's the lockdown is done? So then the other team, the defense defense thinks that that uh, that they've rotated, and then all of a sudden, like Sova is like, okay, you know what? Fuck it, I'm popping ult, I'm popping ult blind, and you know we all know how how good pros are at popping ult blind, and then they retake the set. You know, what do you guys think of that? I like like what do you guys think of that idea? Okay, but like. If you're not actively putting pressure on the other site in this scenario, like, somebody on, like, especially a pro play, somebody on the defender side team that popped Killjoy ult is taking advantage of the space that that Killjoy ult gained them. Yeah, I guess you're right. I just, like, it's so like, hard. It's so hard. And the blind Sova ult's not a good exec tool, because, like, then you're yeah. basically, even in the best-case scenario where they don't take advantage of that space, you're still just in the same situation as the beginning mm. of the round. Right? With mm. a bit of time yeah. knocked off the call. Well, I, I think I, it's I a think bad the... KJ ult to pop that early. That's a terrible Yeah, idea. like, you probably don't want to pop the KJ ult that early unless you've got a really fucking good read. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, out, outside of you just have god read, like... I, I still slightly disagree with what Chase just brought up there. Like, with the blind solo, like, I, I guess blind isn't quite the way to put it because, like, you're still doing something. It's clearing, it. yeah. It's yeah. clearing something, right? Like, I, I'm just thinking of a scent here. 
Um, KJ just drops her alt on B and just like, fuck you guys, you're not coming here. Right? Like, we, like, maybe you bluff the threat of somebody pushing up and taking garage, and you've probably got a stronghold or a game plan for what you're going to do about mid tree and A. And then if you were to then pop your Sova ult afterwards, the Sova, even if he doesn't get any direct value in terms of damage or kills, he probably has an idea of, like, these are where people might be, and I'm going to, at the very least, try to displace them so the rest of my team can capitalize off that space. Yeah. And so from, like, from a true pro play perspective, I... I disagree, like, I, I'm just not sure where I stand on that between, like, what gets you more raw value. The scenario that I was thinking of is a little different than that, which is that you're, as KJ, you're ulting for attack to take sight, and then as Sova, you and your, you are able to, you know, plan this out with your team and have your team fall off site and not get caught by the push and the KJ ult. And then as Sova, you ult to deny plant. So now... Like, you know, you interrupt plant, and by that point, by the time they actually get to, you know, replanting the spike, uh, the KJL is totally done. So now you can start retaking while they don't have the plant down, and then you can sort of flip the script on them a little bit. And if you get a kill, the Sovald even better. That's a bit yeah, of a I mean, scenario. I guess there's, there's a reason why it's traded at the pro level, and it's because it's just better to have your other teammates on site. Right, right. Uh, than right have away. to be pushed off all the way. So, oh, yeah. like... Like, there's a reason why they're traded out like that. Yeah. Either way, do you guys think that there is, that there is like, a way out of this? Like, what, what is the way out of this meta? Because, like, it's, getting, it's getting, pretty, getting pretty hard for me to watch, man. Like, I know not many people like the chamber meta, the chamber meta because, it, because chamber was just, like, so overpowered. But one thing I do miss about the chamber meta was that the chamber meta was all about peeking aggressively and just killing the other team. Like, I really miss that. And now I feel like it's all about just, like, exploding onto site, forcing the defense to back off, and then just, like, retaking. I feel like it's... I feel that like sounds it's, so much more interesting than the chamber meta. <laughs> I don't know. The thing, the thing is, like, like I, I, miss those, I miss those plays where, like, chamber is just, like, playing an off angle, and then, like... And then, like, let's three people go by, and then all of a sudden, there's just like a three k. And then, like, the announcers are like, "Oh, yeah, he's going off!" Like, "Oh my god!" Like, and then, oh, and then he TP's out. You know, like I, I kind of, you know, I kind, I kind of miss that. Like, and it was, it was all about like getting one taps. You know, because it was also vandal meta too. So people were just like, people would be like around a corner, and then they would just like. Then they're just like peak tap and then come back in just like for for a ridiculous kill and then like all the announcers would be like, whoa, what a ridiculous shot by like so and so. But I feel like now it's just like, I feel like now it's just the same thing over and over again. Like push here. Oh, that's exactly no, okay. what the chamber meta was. Same thing over and over again. But yeah, I guess I, I think guess, that's what uh, meta means, kind of. Yeah, I guess, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I just like how you're like, oh man, it's so boring to, you know, have explosive sight hits and like, you know, chaotic, like, you know, yeah, but they're 5v5 not retakes. Like, man, that's just that so explosive. boring to watch. Yeah, they're not that explosive because I feel like if they're, especially if the if, if they're not 
I feel, I feel like they're they're not they're they're not that really. I mean, they are explosive, but I feel like they're not that interesting because not that much killing happens between like like when when the offense is taking sight as much anymore. Yeah, I'm not sure if I agree. First of all, but second of all, more importantly, I think a five v five retake is really fun to watch. <clears throat> because you, you get to see, you know, the offense Ooh. has like the entire, you know, when I've been coming up with strats, like I often have an idea where we all can play like an, op- an optimal case where there's all five of us, like a- an idea for what all five of us are doing for a post plant. And then, you know, rarely are we actually in that situation, but basically you get to see the best case <laughs> offense plan against the defense being like, okay, how do we handle this? How do we break through this? See, I I think the most exciting is the the jet meta. Yeah. No, well, no. I'm saying I think I I like the three v threes. There's there's enough utility in yeah. play. There aren't too many people. There aren't too many places these given people could be, and it's more ad libbed. It's okay. What what do we have? Like, from a retake perspective, it's like, okay, what what areas do we have? What do we not have? What do we need to clear? What what can we possibly do with the utility we have left on the team members that happen to be alive to make this work and try to retake the site? I find that, and then from the flip side, it's, this is what utility have, what post-pant positions do we play? How do we try to hold them off from defusing the spike? Or do we, do we let them in? Um... And, and try to play off the spike, or do we try to hold them at their uh, like at these chokes? I I find that way more exciting than than a five v five retake. Well, I like think five v retakes is like you're saying it's a little bit like hard to follow what's happening sometimes, especially if you're watching it. Well, but what I love about the three v threes is they're they're almost by definition ad libbed because yeah, they're, they're more puggy. Yeah. I do I like, do sort of agree with Cassier. Like you don't know like yeah. you can't plan I mean, I guess you could say, hey, Jet KO, hold A, die defending it. And then if we need a retake, we're retaking with Sova Killjoy Sky. I feel like you're looking at this completely Whatever. backwards. Because in a three V three, you know, because it's simpler, most people have a particular role. Like on offense, you might have one person with their post plant and Molly, and then it's very clear what the remaining two people have to do in order or want to do in order to defend the site. Whereas in a 5v5, you start with a plan, but then as the kills get traded back and forth, so much has to change on the fly. Because, you know, you, you might lose two people in one spot or one and one. Like, I feel like 5v5s end up being much more puggy, much more chaotic. Versus a three v three, where it's very clear what each person's role is on the defense and the attack. No, but like I'm saying, you don't know who's alive in this three v three. It's not as planned out, but like you have the moment to plan before you burst on the site. That's what I'm saying. You're yeah. saying, whereas like on a five v five, yeah, you have the moment to plan before you burst on the site, but then you're losing those people in in gunfights, and so then how right. do you develop from there? Yeah, things are happening so fast in the five v five that you right. can't like replan in the middle of that you just have okay, to kind of go I, off of instinct to a certain extent i guess what i'm getting at is when you're in a 5v5 you planned to be in a 5v5 the only way you end up in a 5v5 for the most part you give up is right. you fell back 
yeah. gave up sight, understanding that you're playing for retake. And that's how you get into this 5v5 in the first place. Whereas when you're when you end up, I think it's more likely for you to just happen upon a 3v3 than than you are to happen upon a 5v5. Sure, sure. Like like I, I don't think it's very likely that you're just like, oh well, I guess here we are, 5v5 retake. Like it, it's more along the lines of okay, we think this is what they're going to do. We're going to fall back. We're going to give them space. We're going to let them put Spike down. And then this is what we all have preemptively cooked up. And, like, this is where we need people to be so that we can pop this utility and and burst out. Whereas, like, I think by definition, the 3v3 just has to be more ad-libbed. Because you don't anticipate being in the 3v3. I, I feel I mean, like yeah, I understand that. Like yeah, I, I you don't know which saying. characters are. I just feel like the the whole five v five thing. Yeah, you have a specific plan for the first five seconds of your retake, and then you know all hell breaks loose if it, if it's a competitive round, and then it very quickly devolves into you know the comms are getting busy. A lot of it depends on how well your team you know sticks to the vision, not the specifics of what your plan was. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think one thing to take a step back is that, you know, if we had a meta of consistent 5v5s, which I don't think we have now necessarily, um, that would necessarily, that would, you know, imply heavily that the map or the meta was very attacker-sided. Because, you know, if you have, if you're playing to retreat with all of your defenders and then retake the site, you know, you're making things on average, harder for yourself. The reason why it makes sense is in certain ecosystem scenarios and in certain alt scenarios where you feel like you're better off being aggressive to reclaim the space versus holding on to it. But if, you know, that was the situation for most of the rounds, you know, when you can't have those advantages in your favor all the time, then, you know, it's very favorable to the attackers if you let them get into a post plant with everyone alive. So yeah, well, and you're basically then you're flipping the script and saying, okay, well, attack is too good. Yeah, we're, we're gonna let them attack and do their thing, and then we're gonna attack, and they right. have to defend, right? With so it's more is, time yeah, pressure. Right. Than you're they saying have. it is yeah. super attacker sided thing if there were a bunch of five v five retake going on. Yeah, and so like I, when I'm saying that I enjoy five v fives, I'm not saying that I think that they should happen all the time. Uh, I just think that they are very fun to watch. Uh, and, you know, like Cass was saying with the 3v3s, I think 3v3s happen a lot more, and they're great as well. Um, yeah, so I, I guess, I guess you know, I'm not saying that 5v5s are fundamentally better than 3v3s. I just like that both exist and have their role. Fair enough. All right, to move on here a little bit. I know we've pseudo somewhat talked about a couple aspects that are going to come up in this conversation but i'm curious as to what you guys want to see in the next map that comes out which is a topic that was discussed on reddit Mm. roughly a day ago as of whenever recording this podcast it's the 13th of may by the way um and there, there are some ideas that are being thrown out some of which i agree with some of which I disagree with. And I'm curious as to what you guys have to say, because I have a very clear indication in my mind 
on what I want. Given... Ascent 2.0. Ascent okay, well, 2.0. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, God, no. Please, no. Hold on. Before we get into this, I was going to say, given the fact that each map has their own gimmick. Yeah, you, you're saying you want a gimmick. Like, I'm saying there will be a gimmick of some kind. I'm just saying keep this in mind. Like, it's not like CS, where there's just, this is the playing field. Like, Different orientations. Yeah, like, yeah. Riot has been very clear about the fact that, like, Every map has some kind of, well, for lack of a better way, for lack of a better way to put it, a gimmick of kind. Like, what do you, can you, can you elaborate on this? Like, yeah, like gimmick? the rotating doors there's, on Lotus. Yeah, yeah. Like the there's something, the... the fact that there's a breakable door. There's something oh. very unique to each map. Uh, Breeze has uh, a drop. Um, yeah. Originally, when it was put in, find you just ropes. say, like, super. No map had that. Oh, yeah. I was like, just say for Bree's super long sight lines is more of sure. a gimmick than the fucking drop. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, so, right. Some of the maps really revolve around our gimmick, and some of them do not. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah, but like either way, like a bind has the the doors you can drop, and then are afterwards Time breakable. Points, yeah, um, yeah, That's bind right. literally has fucking. Yeah, it's like bind. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, My yeah, yeah it has the doors. Yeah. There is there is a unique aspect to each map. So keeping that in mind. What do, you, what do you guys want to see in the next map they come out with? I hadn't given this any thought at all until you brought it up. Yeah, I have, so I I'm not coming I in with barrels thought. loaded here. Yeah, no, I mean, I I would really like to see like significantly more verticality. I know we've talked about that maybe like a long, long time ago. We were talking yeah, yeah. about how um, how they could make a map that would be like in a building that's fighting from like you know top and bottom floor to the middle or something like that. Um, now, I don't know how well that works. Maybe you do it like a fracture scenario where, like, uh, defenders spawn in the middle, and then there's, like, you know, bind teleporters that are elevators that take you to the top floor as attack. That could be kind of I feel okay. like that could elevators be really cool. Elevators is cool. Yeah. Elevators yeah. is cool. Yeah. You know, so then you can, like, come from, the like, a higher or and a lower angle onto the defense who's trying to defend the middle of the building. Remember, no radiance. As you get off what? the elevator. Wait, what? Okay, I, I thought Cass would get that reference at least. Yeah. <laughs> Getting oh. off of an elevator, remember, no Russian? Okay, whatever. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. The only the only rushing I can think of coming off an elevator is uh, Modern Warfare 2 campaign. Exactly, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh is that what, yeah. <laughs> the reference? Is that yeah. what it's from? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was like, is this like a diehard thing? No, it's a COD like... reference. <laughs> yeah. The most iconic scene in all of COD, arguably, given how controversial oh, it yeah. was. Yeah. What, yeah. Happened, what happened in it again? Oh, uh, wait, is it the level where they start spraying on everybody? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, I cannot believe yeah, that, like, they released that shit to the public. And that dude, starts with getting so... off of an elevator to, like, yeah, a, a yeah. level on the airport. Yeah. Uh, Chase, for, do you know what we're talking about? This is Modern Warfare 2? Yeah. yeah. Dude, well, I played, I played up, through man. it, yeah. This level okay. is so fucked up. I, can't, I felt like yeah. that was not that weird of a reference. I'm really surprised. Well, no, that no, you said, you said no, no, no. We understand, yeah. You said no Radiantite coming off the elevator. No Radiance. Oh, no Radiance. Yes, yeah, no radiance I didn't. I didn't. Instead of Russians. Anyway. I'm, just, I'm really disappointed that didn't land because Man, I felt like that was a like, good one. Anyway. It probably landed with somebody, so yeah, yeah. I'd be happy with that. Cool. Uh, for those of you who did not play Modern Warfare 2, 
uh, one of the campaign levels, you're undercover working with the Russians, quote-unquote, and there's a scene where they go through an airport and just gun everybody down, and you have to uh, shoot a bunch of civilians to keep your cover. So if you up, don't, man. if you don't, the leader turns around and shoots you because he realizes you're a spy. Um, but yeah. Dude, like, okay, like, th that, that level's not Valorant, like, that, that level is not Valorant, uh, it's not like, Valorant, not related, no way. but like, you, you have, you have to know, so, so, I'm pretty sure, at, like, the people who made Modern Warfare there, or Cod, they're Activision, right? And then Infinity Ward, I'm pretty sure they, I know, Act Activision's the publisher, Infinity Ward is the devs. Okay, yeah. so they, okay. I'm pretty sure Infinity Ward, if I'm assuming they're an American company, they probably wanted to take a little bit of a dig, you know, at the Russians with that level. <laughs> like, man, you know, oh, yeah. just, that level, that level was just, oh my God, I can't even believe that they released that, that they released that level to the public. Anyways, let's, let's get back, let's get back to that. I brought that up because I thought it'd be very cool of Chase's idea mm -hmm. of, you know, being able to use an elevator to like the fracture zip line to, you know, yeah. figure out. Where yeah, it's you like kind of combining from. a bunch of different like yeah. map things so you have like the fracture you can spawn like start the round from multiple places you have like teleporters which would be elevators here like bind um yeah i was thinking maybe like a switch um to like make a surface elevated or to come back down but like specifically not an elevator where like it's like it's like something that you can Ooh, like you're a always visible like from. a rising platform almost yeah like yeah like you can get shot you can get shot from and shoot enemies mm -hmm. from but you I could be like moving yeah, yeah. I, okay, like, you I guess could be moving is, but still fully accurate. Yeah, that is that the question? Can you be moving yeah. and still fully accurate? Because yeah, definitely, I think you should. That would. I kind of like it, Wait, but when, it has to be done very well. When you're, you're saying, on the like, platform, you can move as much as you want and still be accurate. No, 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 no. no, no. The no, idea no, is like you, when you're on the platform, you can be raised vertically or dropped vertically. But so long as your character is not moving, you would be fully accurate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. From a zip okay. line, right? True, because yeah, yeah, you're not accurate it, on a zip yeah. line. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like I like the whole idea of verticality. Like verticality. Uh, one of the things that I uh like I'm reminded of is there's a particular map in uh the James Bond Nightfire GameCube game, or maybe it's N64. I can't remember. I think it's GameCube. Uh, I think it's Nightfire. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what the title is. But there's um there's one map in which like there are three levels and it's capture the flag. One team spawns at the very top, one team spawns at the very bottom, and you gotta you gotta work your way up to capture the flag or work your way down to capture the flag. Um and I think it's I think that, that verticality that it introduces is really interesting, but I understand that it might not work all that well in terms of a a site plant kind of game versus a capture the flag style game. Oh um, wait. Oh sorry, keep going, keep going. Well just in terms of like in Capture the Flag you get respawns. It's usually on a delay counter. So if you die you respawn and call it eight to twelve seconds. Depends on how fast paced the game is, but like it's usually like, oh, I died, I'm out of the game for a bit of time, but then I spawn back in in a given area, which is preemptively designated. Um, 
Whereas with the whole verticality aspect of like you're moving up versus you're you're or like you're pushing up versus you're pushing down, I'm not so sure how that would work in a site plant scenario. I was, but, I was actually I was actually going to kind of get to a point, uh, like along the lines of that. So like, what if they created a three site map where one of one of the sites is on a different like plane it's it's uh, it's on a different elevation than the rest of the rest of the sites but then like the the site that is either lower or higher has you can take an elevator to it or you can take another way that is non elevator that goes up right um so i was thinking like what if you like what if you like what if you like maybe you're you're playing gecko right you send your what's that what's that little thing called that wingman? fucking wingman yeah, you, you send your you send your wingman in the elevator and then you can have it go plant, but then you as Gecko go the other way, and then uh, and then like and then you know you can you can kind of like attack site attack okay. the site from the other not, angle. Not to rain on your parade all too much, but like that's kind of the same idea of the revolving door on Lotus. You think so? Conceptually, not the Gecko. Conceptually, I think it's yeah. Well, not well like Gecko, Gecko, Gecko could do that. You could open revolving doors, send your gecko through to plant. I mean, I actually haven't played gecko. I don't know. I'm if not you sure if you could. to do that. Yeah. No, you, I don't think you can. Um, okay, so maybe it's not quite the same, but I feel like from a design standpoint, that's still relatively similar. Well, except you like as a defender, you don't know what's in the elevator until it opens. Like it'd be cool. Like you don't know if anything's yeah. in the elevator or if it's like three people. That's yeah, what I thought is so cool with, about yeah. the elevators that you know yeah, you the see same the thing with the revolving up, door. The little ding and you, it opens and then you get to find out what's inside. You, you, you don't know with the revolving door whether there are three people coming through this door, whether there's no one coming through this door. Like I feel yeah, like but it's less it, it would it's less because it's like slower and sure, it's like they're all variations of the same thing in a way. Like it's a door ish. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't. If I'm looking at a choke, I yeah. don't know if there are four people behind it or if there are, is nobody behind it. But right, like, right. <laughs> the elevator, the thing is, it's so committal though, because you know yeah, if you're in the elevator committal. and the door opens and then there's a Ray's just looking at you, you know, with her rocket in hand. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, that's there's no brutal. escape. <laughs> Whereas yeah. you know, right? If you if you open the door, if you are opening the revolving door, and then you know one person like looks out and they see, oh. There are five defenders in tree. You know, you can back up. Maybe one person dies, but everyone else can, you know, just not push through the door. All right, fair enough. I understand your committal aspect to it. Yeah. yeah I kind of like the the raising and lowering platform too, or possibly even side to side platform that like changes the site. Um, I don't know if you guys have like super cool other ideas. I also like uh, I like the elevator objects. A lot. Yeah, like like okay. move like interactable and movable like fit, like cover like a box. Yeah, like, like a, a box, box that you can move around the site. Wait, but hold on. What is the gimmick? What is the gimmick behind Haven? I can't. Three sites. Well, originally, three sites. originally it was three uh, sites. Yeah, yeah. Sort of like how Icebox also has sort of an outdated gimmick where it was like having zip lines and uh, ropes to well, go up. Which well, now... Iceline had the vertical zip lines. That was the Iceline. first. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Some of the gimmicks are a bit outdated. At this so point. Then, yeah. This, but, you know, what, what's what is what is? I guess yes. Split is also. Well, split, so yeah, what is, well, split was split, you know ropes. That was split the was the first one that had the yeah. that had the ropes. Okay. Um. 
All right, but what what I was thinking of, and like I I got two ideas in mind. Uh, number one was I want to see I want to see a scenario where defenders don't outright own sight off barrier drop. Are you sure? that's well? That's just like CS style, I guess, right? Uh, yes, no, because in CS defenders can always get, get to site, site first. first. I'm trying to think of an example you can't, and none are coming to mind. So basically, you're talking like, about a situation where the sites would have to be incredibly bad for post plant. Yeah, like like there's no like there's no necessarily given advantage to. Yeah, like in post plant, but like. Uh, not necessarily, because like think about just moving yeah. the barriers back on any of the current maps so that you're not on site. Like you basically spawn. And yeah, spawn. like I'm thinking. Well, I'm thinking of scenarios where well, like both sides have to fight for site control, or at the very least, use utility to gain a given to gain a given access point. My whole point right? is where that if you take like, any of the existing maps and you move the defender spawn barriers back. That just makes the those maps it's it tilts them hugely towards being attacker sided. Yeah, which I'm saying the current maps are not designed all that well for that for my given scenario. Oh yeah, I agree. I just yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just pushing back to something that someone said. I think it was Chase. Yeah, no, I I, I said that, but I'm like yeah, saying yeah. conceptually that's what what it would be. Oh, yeah, Obviously, yeah, sure. that would not work on the current maps. Right, but... and that's why I was saying they'd have to be very bad post plant maps for the uh, for the uh, attackers. Otherwise, it would be unbalanced. Oh, it should, it should okay. I mean, yeah, I thought you meant that map does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because okay, I, I was, yeah, I was, I was thinking that you were saying, like, the way that it was designed would require it to be a post, like, bad at post plant. And I was oh like, no, no, no. You could just for, have any yeah. of the normal post plants now if the barriers were just moved. Yeah, I was talking about for balance purposes. Yeah, okay, we're on the same yeah. page now. Cass has left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am back. Yeah, yeah, you had a second idea though. Yeah. Um. My second idea was more along the lines of visible changes to the map, or actually, no, let me let me rephrase this. Something you do somewhere on the map can affect something else elsewhere on the map. And so it's somewhat similar to the idea of Lotus, where when you activate the door, everybody has full knowledge of what's going on. This door is being opened. People could or could not be moving through this area. But yeah. somebody here activated this door, which is right next to them. I like the idea of somebody elsewhere on the map hits a switch. Something elsewhere on the map happens. Yeah. If yeah, so makes- you're saying, like, you you hit a switch on A site and a door on B site opens. Yes. Or something maybe more benign than that, being like, "Oh, I do something over on A site. The floor shifts on B site. Like changes the elevation. Maybe doesn't open an." avenue of access if that makes sense like i i want i want it to not just be this is a different way we can hit the site i want it to be something that alters 
the way in which the site works itself. And so if you have a given idea that only works with one site geometry, somebody needs to take this other area of the map to alter that site so that it can work with the geometry you had planned out. I have I really like that idea. I also had a different one as you were talking that could sort of you could actually do both of these together. And that is that what if you have a three site map where basically at the start of the round, the like A and B sites are both valid plant spots for the attackers. But if the attackers trigger this console that's somewhere on the map that's like not on either person's like starting area. It's somewhere in no man's land. Then they can flip that to where now it's C and B. So basically B is always in play, but by toggling this console, you can flip it so that, you know, now the other site is valid for planting. And then maybe the defenders could hit it as well. But basically the idea is that, you know, you could plan around having to hit this to go to a site you want, um, as the attackers, and then the defenders could counter that by not really playing anyone on that site, and instead contesting this point, which would allow it to be usable in the first place. That might be a little too much, but that was my, uh, that'd be... It's interesting. Be, what if you combine... I think it'll be a little too much, though. What if you combine the two of them? This might be, like, way too much, but if you were to be, like, you have a two-site map instead of a three-site map, mm -hmm. and you have A and B site, now, both of them are pretty balanced, normal map, but there's a switch in mid, and if you hit the switch in mid, it takes away one site, but makes it much more attacker-sided. The other site much more attacker-sided. Yeah, so it, like, yeah. say, as if you hit this thing, you can no longer plant on A. Uh, but B site's geometry changes... So that it is really favored for the attackers. That's kind of cool. Oh, so like it may be like, like let's look at bind here, right? Like maybe it just cuts off CT. Yeah, CT is no longer an avenue, but you may no longer plant A. Yeah, that would be a, that would be a very interesting thing. And then uh, I'm assuming this console is in neutral territory. It's in neutral territory, so it could be changed yeah. back. And it could be like you know you you have to then defend that as well if if you want it to re remain that way. Yeah, and you have to take that like territory that, yeah. to begin with. I really like that idea. So I guess what you're saying is like to say somebody's playing on B, and then all of a sudden CT gets cut off, and you can't you, you like CT on B is uh gets cut off, and and the other team cannot plant B now. You basically have to rotate by going, by flanking. Well, yeah, and also if we want to look at bind, you could also do it uh, a different way in that you, you cut off the defender-favored teleporter. So, like, you know, if you're going, you know, if you, if you get toggled to, for the offense to hit A, now the B to A teleporter no longer works. Or if you're going A, then the, you know, long to long teleporter no longer works. That's a little bit less dramatic, but, you know, yeah. we, we'd be thinking of a map where it's designed with this in mind, so. Right, well, uh, Tony, more along the lines of what I was thinking of, if we still stick with the idea bind here, is, like, CT would be cut off. Like, assuming you said, okay, we want to make B-Site more favorable, we can no longer plant 
sorry, we want to make A site more favorable, we can no longer plant B. And you hit this switch. It would, like, drop a door, CT, but heaven is still an avenue. So if you rotate through spawn, it's like you could still go heaven. There's just a door that blocks off CT. And it immediately mm-hmm. tells the, the defenders, oh, they can't go to this other site anymore. Right. Yeah. And I would expect there to be, like, a delay in between, like, when these, like, take effect or when you could hit it again. So you can't immediately, like, swap it back and get everybody to rotate, mm-hmm. like, super quickly yeah. back and forth. Like, there, this would have to be balanced well. Um, right. But I still think, honestly, in the end, those, the, like, this idea is just, like, a little bit too, there's just a little bit too much going on for, like, a game like Valorant. I think it would be okay. I think it could work. I actually, re- I, I, okay. I actually really like yeah. Chase's mod, like his version of it. I think the three site thing would get kind of complicated. That I was saying, I think the two site works a lot better. Uh, and I'm also thinking that you know, as the defense, since I'm imagining you could trigger this as well, like you know, if there's a scenario where, like on bind, you know, the offense triggers it to A, and then they're like, you know, walking up to A, but a defender has got a nice flank going, they they get to the console. They then flip it right as the attackers are about to plant. They're about to plant A, but then all of a sudden, then they can't, and they have to, yeah. you know, completely change. I think that's some very interesting gameplay right mm-hmm. there. Uh, I guess at least the way I envisioned it was like flipping it doesn't make it impossible. Oh, okay. Oh, I like, was thinking it would make it impossible. Like you are literally there is no longer a plantable area on this. Side. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So by flipping the switch, you are literally no longer allowed to plant on the other side. Yes, which would make it like easy for defense to stack the rest of their players on the other side. Yeah, There's only okay, one site they okay. can hit, yeah, which is yeah, why yeah, then yeah, you need yeah, a, yeah. a a geometry change to make it right, much okay, more favorable okay, for okay. attackers. Yeah, as I'm thinking about how this would look, it would be probably very cool and also would be the best way to handle it would be that around the plantable area, there would be this like electric field or, or something that keeps attackers out on the site that's like disabled like this visible thing so that essentially the defenders can still be there but the attackers can't enter it or oh so it'd, it'd be a game of a yeah well it'd just be the floor is lava floor is what like the floor well, no, is lava. you're not gonna die if you yeah hit you're it. not jumping over a dangerous floor uh, okay yeah no you just can't go in there okay fair or, or maybe you can't go in there with spike e- either way or just like the little like you know the how it shows you what the border of the the plantable area yeah. is yeah it just disappears. Well, I, well, I was thinking I you could have something visually is... because if it just disappeared, I feel like that'd be very confusing for the more casual players. Okay, what, what I'm saying is like I think it'd be a little bit unfair if somebody could just like stop a plant halfway. I think it'd be like so long as plant is being committed to this change can't take place. Like, I guess the switch would just be inactive. Kind of the same way that the switch is inactive on Ascent if the door is broken. Well, like, so long as someone's yeah. actively planting. Yeah, but they in. could be, like, execing onto site when you do it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they could exec onto site and you could flip that switch and, okay, well, now you just can't plant here. Well, yeah. Which yeah. is kind of why... It. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, which is why I, I had the idea of, like, an electrified floor of, like... Well, you just take damage if you're here, and it would just change where the electrified floor goes. What I was thinking was that, like, with the force field, you know, if you're already on site when the switch is flipped, then, you know, you're already through the force field. 
So in the scenario where, you know, you're the offense, but the defense manages to flip the switch while you're about to plant. Now, whoever's on the plantable area of the site can't be reinforced by anyone else. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're at that point, maybe you do go ahead and plant the spike and then, you know, you have someone, you know, and that you have the rest of your team go back and try to disable it. Or maybe it's just the person with the spike can't um, go through it. But either way, you have this kind of interesting decision of, oh, maybe we just go ahead and plant and then uh, retake. So are you more happy with people playing offsite besides the planter? Are you thinking of like a see-through astral wall here? Yeah, a see-through astral wall, yeah. Okay. Like like a like a sci-fi style force field. Like a glowy sure. wall that you can see through. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I kind of just had a had an interesting uh idea that popped in my head like um so I remember back when I was younger I would play Zelda Ocarina of Time and there's like a few there's like a part in the campaign where you uh a lot of parts in the campaign where you if you drop in a water then you flow all the way to like another part of like the area that like the map, I guess the whole map of 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 Zelda. What if there was like a like a lazy river that like you just like you know say you need to let's say like the offense needs to bail and they need to get to another part of the map and then they just like hop into the lazy river and they just flow they flow under they flow on the lazy river and then maybe like goes under like under like something I don't know. Isn't that that's kind of cool? A certain, isn't that to a like certain it. degree the same? Like I, I love the idea of the lazy river because I think that's cool. And you can also you can also exit at different points across the map. Okay, exiting yeah. at different points would definitely make it unique. I was just thinking that's pseudo similar to the bind teleporters. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. fracture rope. If you yeah, can't well, exit at different points, you should what be if in like were... an inflatable tube that can get shot out from under you, and then you start drowning. <laughs> what if you were underwater? Ooh. While you're in the river, it's in a circle. You can get out whenever you want, but attack like people outside can't see you underwater. And then also, but, you, you but in order to get, get out, that long. but in in order to get out, you have to expose yourself in which you don't have your gun out. Oh, so you need to like climb out. Yeah, and there's accurate so you... light diffraction. So if someone tries to shoot you <laughs> in the water, they're not actually going to be able to accurately shoot you. Yeah, they can't shoot you underwater. <laughs> but like as soon as you peek yeah. out to like get out of the water, they can shoot you. So maybe like you hop in expecting to rotate, but then like you have to stay in for like the entire way around the circle of river. Yeah. Um, because there there were people there and you can't you can't get out of the river and you're just stuck. And we're no Cass, like, you can't you know, jet updraft out of it because no, no, she doesn't I'm have thinking, the power to use yeah, wind okay, underwater. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I I'm thinking like I'm thinking like pseudo omen TP, like when you get out. It's just like well, yeah, you're getting out, but, like, you can't do anything about the fact, like, you commit to it. I mean, probably the easiest way to, to do it, it is you, you grab on a rope to get out. Because that's an existing... Well, no, it'd be like... Yeah, you, yeah like, it's, like Well, a... I was thinking, like, you climb out of it, but, like, in the yeah. same way that, like, when you commit to an Omen TP, you yeah. can't... Like, your gun doesn't come out immediately. And, like, other people have the opportunity, in theory... Obviously, in game, this doesn't work out quite that way. But like other people have the opportunity to shoot you at your teleport location. Yeah, I guess on a rope you do have your gun out. You're just not accurate, so it's a yeah. bit more vulnerable if you if you don't have that. Right. I'm thinking like you have to like manually climb out of the this lazy river. Yeah. And therefore, people can shoot you as you're climbing out. Be cool. And you can't do anything yeah. about it. 
Can we get to why the fuck we have Tony on the podcast to begin with? Oh, yeah. we, can. we have some cool map um, ideas, though. This was really fun. That, that was fun. I think that was impromptu for, for a discussion like that, but I like it a lot. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so Tony, shit. the fate. Well, the, I mean... The agent, you... Well, we sort of forced you on to, but then, like, you really yeah. kind of put yourself in this own position. Um... How'd you feel? Yeah, I mean, re- I mean, recap just real quick. Like we talked about this a couple episodes ago because it was the last act that ended a, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but Tony also did the challenge with us where he insta locked a single agent for the entire act that was yeah. chosen by us, and that agent was Fade, which was very bad for our comps because then we had Sova <laughs> Fade whenever us we were oh, playing. Oh, it together. was. It was a massive throw for our team comps. Like, our team yeah, comp, yeah. Cypher, Phoenix, Sova is, you know, not great still... on many maps Hunter. as it is. But, like, with Fade as well, it was just really, really weird. There, Hunter, there were so many times where, like, we would both throw, like, we would both throw our, our revealing utility. Yes. Um, yeah. On the same site, dude. Oh, my God. Like, right. Um, Which, like, can would, be like, good in some situations, it, but there are sometimes we were both... Worse. Well, I don't there... think that was the worst aspect of it. Like, what would you think was the worst aspect of it? Okay, we just, well, I, I'm just saying, like, we just have flashes, I guess. Well, yeah. With, with uh, okay, outside of the fact that we're griefing our team cops, I'm talking about like what it is that you guys can do given the team cop we're running. I feel like throwing a Sova dart and a Fade Eye to different locations is not necessarily the worst thing because, like, well, you kind of have to. It's like a pick your poison kind of scenario. You're gonna get revealed. Yeah. Do I shoot the Sova Dart? Do I shoot the Fade Eye? I can't shoot both at the same time. Uh, I think it was yeah. really, really funny when you guys would either Sova Drone or Fade Prowler the same area. <laughs> yes, that was. First yeah. of all, those don't refund off time. True. Yeah. Like you use it, it's done. And Hunter would be like, "All right, guys, I'm gonna Sova Drone out this angle," and Tony's Prowler is already in his hand, like leaving his hand. And a hunter yeah. then lets the drone go, and they both just clear the exact same close angle. Yeah. And then we're like, right? Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> a lot, lot, lot of space gained. We. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think was the funniest. Not, not the Sova dart and the the fade eye. Well, I mean, the Sova dart and the fade eye. The problems were it was there's like if we're doing a full sight exec. If we throw them both to a similar spot on site, like you're saying, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. The problem would be if we're like using it in a more isolated scenario, like if we're on a scent attacking A and we want to see if anyone's in wine, then checking chucking both recon dart and fade eye there is very much overkill. Yeah. And that and that would happen often. I was like, God damn it, this was such a waste. Cause we'd both, you know, be like, Oh, we should see if someone's there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well so yeah, I get- um, with the way that I played Fade, uh, I feel like, you know, the funny part is I feel like I wasn't really playing necessarily bad. You I know? agree. Like, I was getting really frustrated because I was in Bronze 3, even dropped down to Bronze 2. <laughs> no way, I'd never do that. <laughs> I, I can't actually remember if I dropped into Bronze. No, maybe no, I no, we remember, you did. I did? Tony, how do you not no, no, remember no. this? There was one night. No, no. 
where we tried to talk oh, Tony yeah, yeah, out of hating too. the fact that he was in bronze too for like yeah, hours. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Tony no, I thought was, it was, like, I thought it was this is an outrage. Was, How could Riot put I thought it was, in bronze I thought it was dropping from Silver 1 into bronze 3, but it was worse no, than that. No. Yeah. That's the revisionist <laughs> history just, right there, It's Tony. just so funny. It's just so funny because like, I, like as soon as I got off the fade, I got into Silver 2 with like out even trying. But the thing is, I feel like I wasn't like necessarily playing bad on fade. Like I don't think I was like I, I'm necessarily like a bad fade. I just like yeah, Riot definitely had something against yeah. you. Like I, I don't know. I just like, I think a lot of it is the fact that we were also playing Sova Cipher Phoenix. Yeah. Like like I don't think it's necessarily each of our individual picks. I think right. it's the collective of our picks that are just like we literally griefed every team comp. Yeah. We had smokes. Maybe five percent of the time, and if we were playing yeah. with more than five, more than five, time, more yeah. than five percent. Okay, but like if we're playing with a fifth, that fifth person was there for forced to play smokes. Yeah, which yeah, fortunately well, so... most of the people we would have as our fifth actually did play smokes like often. Yeah. So that was really the the biggest the bigger issue was uh, queuing with less than five. Yeah. And I, honestly, I think in hindsight for Cass, like, I think Cass did pretty well in Cypher. And I think, so, like, obviously, if we put, like, if we put, Cypher, like, Cass on KJ, which would be, like, a similar, a similar role, he, he like, because Cass likes to get pretty nerdy about shit as just, like, a person in general. I think, um, now in hindsight, I think it would have been more effective to put Cass on somebody like fade in my in my personal opinion because cast didn't really ever fix his problem of you guys go to this site i'm going to fuck off to fucking see and try to get a pick you know like it didn't it, didn't, it never really fixed that whole problem because like because like you can still do that as cypher because he's got the global trips and shit and his ciphers are like arguably maybe the best lurk in the game but yeah, well, that, that's what we were trying to trying to do. I think that's a different, slightly different problem, and we've discussed mm-hmm. that at length on the yeah. podcast as well before. But I think so. I think here's the thing: is Cass like I'm not saying we're gonna we're gonna do this again, but I think the thing the problem is that Cass is either he's either entry or he's lurk. Like there's there's no there's no in between. He's never like he's never like putting down utility to to get on site. I think I think honestly, in hindsight, we should have put a cast on fade. Because then Cass would have had to think about how to get the team on site instead of just, you know, trying to, you know, trying to get picks. Um, because when you're lurking, you're trying to get a pick. You're still trying to get a pick, like, catch them off guard. And when you're when you're entering site like Cass usually does as Jet, you're still trying to get a pick. I think in hindsight, you know, putting him on an initiator, especially Fade. Fade, I think, would have been a good pick for Cass. That's what I think. I see what you're saying that it's like uh team utility. Like the characters that he was on being his normal characters or Cypher aren't mm-hmm. really playing with the team. Yeah, or he can playing kind of still, for the team. He still can kind of fuck off and do whatever the fuck he wants. And like no offense, Cass, but I think that's like the big like I think the like the peaking, I think before we before we went through this, we thought your biggest your biggest downfall was peaking, right? And like yeah, okay, that's you know, you're you're pretty decent at peaking and getting and getting picks. So maybe we should have we should have let you stay there. But like, 
Like Cass, every every fucking time he plays Jet, it's like it's either like, oh, I'm gonna try to get a pick on C, or it's like, oh, can you shoot down this over dart for me? Or like, oh, can you smoke this off for me, man? I gotta off this angle. I don't wanna get shot from shot from Maine. Like um like it would have been nice to see Cass like actually fucking like be like, okay, okay, guys, I'm gonna flash everybody like going like like going now, right? Like I, I think Tony just really wants me to play a spike bitch character. <laughs> I I think that's what Tony wants. Not necessarily. Wants more so not necessarily. Else, like okay, like as 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 much as I'd love to see that, I'd love I would love to see that. But I do think, like you, you you do like Cassie. You do have a little bit of a selfish play style. Like I'm not gonna lie. And I, will, I think I think yeah. each one of you guys can agree agree with me on that. Even Cass. Yeah, I mean, I will say, I, I very much see what you're saying, Tony, and I, I think that, yeah, putting Cass on Fade could have worked really well also, mm-hmm. but I think the big thing with Cass was just having him be more dependent on his utility and less on his raw aim, because Cypher doesn't support that, and just playing more passively. Those, that, that was kind of my major goals for Cass, and I think playing Cypher definitely did accomplish that, but like the whole did, aspect yeah. of what you were saying of the, the team play, yeah, there's, you know, that definitely was not a big thing with Cypher and could have been with Fate. Okay. No, it, yeah, I just don't like, think there was a perfect one for both of those. So, yeah. Yeah. There, there was a really funny situation in which, um, like, the other night, Tony and I were playing a rank game, uh, and Chase called me midway through, like, a round. And so I muted my mic, and I put Chase on speakerphone. I was talking to Chase while we <laughs> were playing. Uh, and I forgot to unmute my mic. And so, oh, the next round, and this, for the record, ended up working out perfectly however over over voice chat which i thought was active because i assumed my mic was you know active i was like hey um let me fake a site on split and like i was saying like oh yeah maybe like maybe i got the cypher to come with me tony being the cypher in this scenario um and i was like yeah we'll, we'll just I, think fake I, a. Playing, I was playing sky i was playing oh sky. yeah okay yeah you were playing sky yeah. i was like hey like like let, let's have Tony come with me. We'll we'll both fake A, uh, and you guys just stay quiet B, and and we'll pull rotates over to us, and then you guys just get sight. Now nobody came with me. Obviously, I was just A by right? myself because obviously my mic's fucking muted. Um, I dash up ramps. I get a pick. I hear two people on A site. And I just hold them off from rotating for as long as I possibly can. And then the rest of our team pushes on to B, gets the picks B, gets plant down. And we know where both remaining players are. They're on A site. And I'm not letting them out of A. And it ended up working out. But I thought it was really funny that after the game, Tony was giving me shit over, oh yeah, you just go and you just it wasn't, it wasn't even, yeah, no, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't after the game. It was like during. It was during. It was. It, it was like pre. Like before the round even started. I was like, oh, because yeah. I didn't know that you're muted. And like you know, you, you're you're going over to A, and we're all going to B. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, like here we go. We got a lurking jet. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tony's gonna be all the shit. And like in my head, I'm like, no, no. Like I laid out the plan. <laughs> like this is this is what we're doing, and I just did not realize my mic was muted. And That's so, from funny. literally everybody else's perspective, it's like, oh yeah, our jets is working, a site. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Well, Tony, the reason why we put you on the fade, I think, mm-hmm. was because uh, uh, dating back a while, uh, we wanted you to not be stuck with utility in your hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Specifically getting right. shot with utility in your hands. Well, do you think, do you think it helps? Well, that that's my question to you is like fade is someone with a lot of utility, but it's a lot of like, you know, utility that you cast now. It's not like, you know, you're waiting in particular for it. Um, but also like you do have the option to have your prowler out and somebody peeks you. Um, how do you feel you adapted to those situations? I think honestly, okay. I think it did help me out with the utility. I still, it's still a problem, but it's not nearly as big of a problem as it used to be. And, um, I think especially because, uh, I think honestly playing fade really, okay. So as soon as I stopped playing fade, um, I started playing sky, like out of the blue, I used to always play KO and I think I might go back to the KO and like maybe learn oh, something like, really. Yeah. But I really want to learn some nasty lineups. Like I do want to have one character where I do like know some ridiculous lineups on. And I think flash lineups are the sickest type of lineups because they're not bullshit. You know, you don't, you don't just like <laughs> plant the spike and then, you know, just like chase does and fucking shoot the fucking Molly over and just like, <laughs> no man getting chase, called man. out chase yeah I, would... yeah I mean like chase is not as bad as like some other like some other people that that like we play against are where they they have like ridiculous lineups and it's just like there's just no way out of it you know like i understand in pro play that makes sense but i, love I think too. flash lineups are sick because you because like you don't get the kill you have to you actually have to aim when they're fucking jumping around right um anyways back to my point about sky um one thing I noticed is that the Prowlers really helped me out with the Sky Dog. Um, and I don't use the Sky Dog enough yet, but like I'm starting to get a bit more comfortable with Sky to start using the dog a little bit more. And like the the problem with the Prowl like the Prowler is a little bit hard to scout out really ratty angles with. Um, but the dog is really nice to scout out super ratty angles with. And I yeah, so I, I'd say like like Sky to me feels like fade, more in that I can help reveal people, but I also I feel like I'm pretty decent. Like even though I do flash my team a lot of the time, I do feel like I do I do I do throw like I do throw pretty good flashes, and that's probably why they do flash my team a lot of the time because they're kind of I feel like they're kind of like unexpected for the other team, which means that they're kind of at weird angles, which might flash my team. Um. So yeah, I, I feel like Sky to me is kind of like a fade, but I can p- play just way more aggressively. Um, okay, for the record, you sending your flash through BTP or like through bind TP towards B site. Dude, that was one game, and then dude. popping it right out of the flash <laughs> is not unexpected. It just pops right in my face. But okay, but to my defense, now like. Yes, you flash all of them, but you also flash the fuck out of me. No, but no, can't do anything about it. To my defense, you're you. Every time that shit happens, you are getting you are getting like pushed by like three players, right? And you are some guy who's in in fucking hookah who's gonna die, you know? And it's like I kind of I kind of you know in a way I I, sort of bailed and I even called it and I even called it. I even say. Okay, it's like okay, Cass. I like I hate I hate to dog on you, but 
Every single oh, you like know, you love to dog on me. Okay, I do. Love <laughs> you talking yeah, about yeah. Yeah. some cap okay. there, Tony. I do. I do love to dog on you. Okay, let's like we'll be honest. But so every single fucking time I flash you, whether if I'm playing Ko or Sky, every fucking time I flash you, I literally call out, "I am flashing so and so," and then all of a sudden I hear, "I'm blind, I'm blind, I'm blind." <laughs> but also like it's yeah. every time, bro. But I'm the main character. <laughs> you should. Yeah, that's classic. Fuck, we definitely should have put you on fade. The, the, Tony was yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was thinking if we, Here we go. what if we rethought this a little bit? I think Chase on the Phoenix is still good, but we could have done Cass on Breach. fade on Breach. Wait, Cass on Breach? You think? Oh, Cass yeah. on Breach would have been good too. I think Cass on Breach would have been would have been honestly just as good as fade. I was also thinking about that as well, actually. No, no, no. Okay, I, I think there's a slight problem with Breach, and it's I would still try to swing off my own utility. Yeah, yeah. because a lot of times at Arielo you can. Right, right. Yeah, but then, but then you levels. get someone who's slightly better, and then you can't. Yeah, yeah. It's like I would, I would still swing it. Like I would flash an it's angle. Not, you can't. And I would really, fucking but... swing that. Which should you? No, people who are good enough are going to dodge that. And then the idea is you have a teammate swinging while they're dodging your flash. But, yeah. like, also, at our ELO, yeah, I'm going to flash that and peek it. My gun will be out in time. Probably. Yeah. So maybe what we... Else? Yeah, so maybe we do cast on Fade or Breach, and then we probably would put me on Astra at that point, I would think. Because that's one of the only other agents that would make sense for me. Yeah, I think you, I think you would do fine on Astra, I think, honestly. Uh, Hunter, I think I honestly, it, yeah. I think the Sova. The, the problem is like it's kind of hard to pick a, an agent for you, no, for, uh, I, like for you, Hunter, I, because like you're yeah. you're pretty good at like every every type of every, every type of role, you know. Like you you got a, you got a pretty good neon, like you got a, you got a pretty good gecko, like you got like a pretty Yoru, like you know. Um, I, I just think it. I think I guess the the best. The real only reason why I think we put you on Sova is because you just don't like him. No, you know, it's, it's not because you don't like But I think that Hunter not liking the Sova makes our pick all the more valid. Sure. And I yeah. think I think it's there was no manner of forcing Hunter to nerd out on the Sova. Mm-hmm. Like like I am yeah. like there's there's just no way to force you to do that. Like like I'm gonna like I'm gonna get nerdy on the cipher and I'm gonna learn one way lineups yeah. and I'm gonna learn what the best setups are, um and like how to do this, how to do that because like that's what I'm gonna do. But there's no way to force Hunter to get nerdy with Sova. But I think yeah. the fact that we put him on the Sova and he didn't like it did exactly what we wanted. Yeah, not I, I agree. because he didn't like it, but because it put him in unfamiliar territory. Which yeah. is what he didn't like, despite his versatility in roles. Yeah, I definitely gained yeah. something from doing it, even if I didn't gain any love for Sova. <laughs> yeah. I don't see it. Yeah. Like Sova's so great. I love Sova. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think personally for Chase, the Phoenix was a very good a very good choice, especially because as soon so as soon as the act was over, uh Chase decided to for some reason, like I respect you very much for this, Chase, but you decided to just go back to playing Brent. Like props to you for that. We really appreciate Bob's <laughs> character. Yeah. But um, but you know, like we we're so we're we're playing on bind, and then I noticed that like uh, Chase 
I looked at the scoreboard at, at one point in the last in the last game we played, and Chase is like seven and one, and like that shit would like never happen before Chase played played uh played Phoenix. I feel like the Phoenix really made him start taking gunfights, and I think like Chase is Chase. You're pretty you are pretty good at gunfights, and I think like now that you're taking more, it is definitely giving us a more favorable. No, uh, I feel like that would hurt me as a brimstone. But <laughs> yeah, but like the thing, but the thing is that like uh, you still like you're still going to have to take gunfights as a brimstone, brimstone in, in times, you know. And like I feel like before you were kind of like not committing to gunfights, you should have. But now you are like now you are you are committing to gun like all the gunfights that you need to be doing. Um, but yeah, it was sick. It, like you're you are like like you were. I think you were top five last game as a smokes agent, which is pretty dope. Um, I mean, I will say that, like, I got off the fucking uh, Phoenix, and I've been doing much better on the brim. Like, <laughs> yeah. like my stats have skyrocketed, yeah, and amazing. it's just it's just familiar. I think it's like familiarity yeah. again. But um, yeah, but it's so funny how I, no, I, I, I definitely think Tony's onto something. Maybe not quite to the extent that Tony's saying, but I think it's like when you're in a position that you need to commit to a gunfight. I'm more yeah. willing to commit to the gunfight. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Instead of just the 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 fallback and hope that they peak you, it's more of the yeah. I'm gonna take this. Let's do it. Well, I guess it and worked. Like, I hate to say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, I, I, just, I just hate. I hate how much you guys are doting on me right now. Is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, okay. honestly, okay. I'm so happy that as a result of the challenge. You know, Chase, now you have the Phoenix that you might want to do now and then. And Cass, you actually have been playing a oddly high amount of ciphers. In the challenge. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool that you guys like added new agents to your uh, yeah. list. Well, uh, well, I, haven't played, I haven't played Fade since, but uh, I just think I'm so much better on the sky than I am on the Fade. Like, Which I definitely agree with. But like, yeah. and while you, like, you definitely succeeded in getting me a backup pick. Yeah. Or a pocket pick that I like I would not have had before. Right. And I'm definitely like especially on certain maps where I don't feel great about playing jet, like split in particular. It's yeah. like Especially like, with the I'll dog going up go up, going up into A Heaven, yeah. I'm not even talking about you, I'm talking about me here. Oh. Come on, Tony. I'm the main character. Get yeah. this through your head. Um <laughs> Yeah, says Hunter. <laughs> but like <laughs> yeah, it's just like, like sure, I'll play. Like, I don't mind playing Cipher on. Still, don't want to do it on Bind because I haven't done that yet. Dude, Bind is a Bind is a pretty good. I know, I know. Bind's like traditionally a solid Cipher map, but it's just like I haven't played Cipher yeah. on Bind, so I'd rather just go with the Jet. But Dude. outside of that, what I'm saying is like, like I'm not, I'm not fully confident. The me picking Cypher necessarily did anything for the way in which I play chat. And I'm curious on your guys' take on that, given that you have now seen me play a fair amount of chat post-Cypher. I don't think it did shit, because you were still trying to op on Cypher, that's why. He didn't op on Cypher all the time, though. He definitely opted less on Cypher than he did on Jet. Yeah. The best was the, the funniest was in the beginning, when like as soon as he gets on Cipher, he just tries to op, and I'm like, me as a person who's played like Cipher, 
is probably my most played agent. I think it is. I don't know. I have to check my tracker, but like as soon like I'm the first game that Cass is on Cipher and he picks up an op and I'm like, oh, Tony fuck. was incredibly disappointed. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know if it actually did change the way you play Jet at all. Um, but I don't think I don't think it was. But I think we definitely his... succeeded in giving you another character, which is uh, kind yeah. of more important. Yeah, for Cass think, being the most like... limited character wise, just having someone else he can play is huge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, uh, Tony's most played agent is Kale. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Your best agent is probably between Chamber and Jet. Oh, really? But Jet is a fairly small speaking. sample size. Uh, yeah, 13 games. Chamber has 80. So let's just go ahead and say his best character. Actually, now that I think about it, Chamber is my Chamber. best character. Chamber, yeah. Chamber is my best character. And... Well, pre-nerf Chamber. Yeah. yeah. Right. Is your best character. Well, yeah, speaking well, of, like, just... agents. And... Which, uh, yeah. Tony, welcome to the fucking club. Bud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, That's everyone. Like, I know that every everybody who used to play Chamber is going to say this, but, like, I really feel like like Chamber really just like it, he he just really was like my playstyle because like because like you can like I was I had like the kind of like the lurk aspect uh I put my like the the lurk aspects that I gained from Cipher I put in a Chamber on offense and then and then on defense like I literally would just like post up and like the closest angle with an op like I was not in fa- a far opper like I was like I was like an in-your-face opera and, and just get the fuck out of there. Like, Cass likes and to do I feel that like as cha- well, yeah. Like, Chamber, yeah, like, Cass does like to do that as well, but like, mm-hmm. I was like a very, like, I was like, dude, if, you, if you're if you coming around this corner, you literally have an op in your face. And like, I really miss that play style. And like, I feel like my, like, opping on Jet is just so much harder than, than opping on Chamber because like, I'm not very good at opping at distance. I'm I'm a, I'm a much better like opper like like an aggressive opper rather than like opping from like you can you can still do that as jet though. It just takes more it's more planning. Effort. It takes more planning for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah. But so you okay, so a... what, one of my one of my favorite things to do is chamber what it used to be was like um I would put a TP like um in like the area I guess like what's the area between like between um A site and art on uh on Pearl. Art. Okay, let's just call yeah, let's just call the art. It's just like, behind the wall, just so that I can't get shot by the enemies when they're when they're you know there. But I literally yes. I would literally post my TP literally at the closest angle I possibly fucking could. Off the barrier drop, and every single time I would do that, I would get at least one kill. And I remember one time, I I chamber ulted, and I got a four K, just off of that, and like I almost aced just just by like just by peeking, just by put, playing that fucking aggressive ass angle, and like I really I really miss that, you know, just like being able to just like be like, hey, I'm right here with an op, like you're gonna get fucked now. I can hear the um, pain in Tony's voice, like the reminiscing. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyways, that kind of like leads me to a point. Like, what the fuck does what the fuck is Rag gonna do with Chamber? Like, 
They didn't need to do this to him. Like, he, like, he doesn't deserve They very to... much did need to do this to him. Yeah, they very much did, but like yeah. I, I think that eventually they're gonna have to bring him back up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's got to be like we've all forgotten. The devs have forgotten what they did, right? Yeah, to, to the whole last year. Yeah, and then they're gonna they're gonna be like, okay, well, it's time, it's time that we uh we revamp him a little bit. But but like well, I remember, it's, yeah. well, it's still the elephant in the room. Yeah, I, for, I forget yeah, if it was last podcast do, but... or the podcast before that we were talking about duelists. And there are some agents that might never be properly balanced because they are much better at the pro or the ranked level. But Chamber is just dog shit at both at the moment, which is why I definitely think he. And he was so fucking well. good at both. Too, yeah. So. Okay. I, I'd be curious to know Chamber's stats at the ranked level because, like, obviously the only people that are playing Chamber at the ranked level at this point are either playing him for a very fucking good reason. Or aren't good enough to matter statistically. Like, mm. it, like if, if you're currently playing chamber, those are the only two reasons to do it. You'll want to play chamber. You're going to do it no matter what. Whatever. And I'm a fucking click heads and I'm a TP out of this angle. And it doesn't matter because I'm a click heads. It's kind of like a worse Reina scenario. And then right, also yeah. you get a headhunter for egos. That's another so, like, reason why I like Chamber was such a great character for me is because you guys know that like I'm pretty good with like these weapons like the Guardian and the Sheriff as opposed to like these super spray weapons like the Stinger. Like I'm I'm not all right with the Stinger, but I definitely like I definitely am pretty like my my strength is definitely just like laying the crosshair down and then trying to click him in one shot. Um, yeah, it's like... it can be my fault sometimes, but um, I guess like one thing I'd like to see in pro play. Is like I mean I'm sure that like maybe like maps would nullify this, but like like the different types of maps would nullify this. But I'd like to see like jet versus chamber comps, you know, um, like you know you take an ascent, like obviously you're gonna have a jet versus jet, but like what if what if on icebox you see like a like icebox is not in the meta right or is not in the in the play right now, but like what if you see like like a chamber versus a a chamber versus a jet in pro play, mm-hmm. um. Or like on Pearl, you know, like they play a little bit of Jet on Pearl, and I know that Chamber was super good on Pearl, um, so you might see more Chamber there. But I don't know; it'd be kind of cool to see like pros like choose Chamber, uh, like one team choose Chamber and the other team choose Jet. Like I think that'd be kind of sick. And I still think you're not yep. going to get there ever mm. until we see the op buffed, or like the off, the op buffed. Oh, maybe that's running it back uh, all the way around. No, 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 we we don't need it. We don't need to get to this. I'm just saying, look, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a realistic expectation until that comes into play. Because, or I guess the caveat would be you buff chamber to the point where it's on par with what Jack can offer. Yeah. But on par with what Jack can offer means you're fucking dominant on defense. Right. Because Chamber doesn't do dick on attack. Yeah. Which is... You know. That's a thing. Like, I... He's, like I, he's I think not that bad on attack. It's just, like, I don't, I don't think he's really that bad on attack. Because, like, he was good enough... He was good enough on attack in, uh, like, in pro play... For I I can't I don't actually no, know no, no, no. the players that played chamber 
in pro play were good enough on attack. Chamber as an agent was oppressive on defense. And on attack was just there. And you yeah, have... He was good enough on attack to, for pro players to still use an op on him on offense every time they could get their hands on an op. Like I feel like these days you yeah. you see well, you do see the jet like overlook the op on offense, you know. Yeah, and I think that's like like well, there's a reason for that. Jet has one dash. You need two kills for it. Chamber can sit in his TP relatively indefinitely, but like the the main thing that it comes down to is like, and you see this in you see this in CS where the AWP is significantly better than it is in Valorant. Like, attack will run an AWP and and go for picks with the AWP. You will try to get your AWPer into an angle in which the defense might want to egress onto. And you'll put utility into that. You'll put Mollies to stop people from taking a certain area. You'll flash off a certain area to get your attack AWPer into position which is just less of a thing in Valorant. Number one, because of what agents you play and what their given utility is. But also number two, because, like, the op is just not attacker-sided at all. Well, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe I guess if they did buff the op, it would be a bit more attacker-sided. Okay, we're at, we're, we gotta end this shit. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm losing interest hearing this. I'm, this I've, I've lost. Again. I'm. I'm. I've lost yeah. interest when we started talking about the same things we've talked about a billion times. But yeah. I mean, I know that is our forte. But also, yeah. it's fucking four <laughs> in the morning for Hunter over there. So yeah. let's uh, let's give this man a break. Whoa, 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 <laughs> hold on, hold on. It's three thirty-four. Oh, 324. sorry. Uh, three twenty-four. Sorry. Oh, I will say Dude, one one very quick thing that I've been waiting to say is that. Uh, one thing that goes to show how spread out I am amongst agents is that if you look at my agent uh, picks all time, um, of the 16 agents I've played in comp on my main, um, Sova is the fourth most played. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a result of playing him wow. in one act. That's crazy. Which is, which is more than Neon or Viper, who I've played, and KO, all Wait, of whom I've played. More than Neon? Uh, yeah, more than on. Neon. I... Before we started this podcast, I said I would talk about this, so I'm going to do it. It's going to take me about a minute. Hunter, you should drop the gecko, and you should play the Yoru on our bind comp. Reasons why? You don't need to play Yoru like a duelist. Just play him like an initiator. You can flash for the team. You can TP specifically with Spike, which you died on the opposite side of the map as me a few times. And I'm not saying it was your fault, but it happened. You can TP away with the fucking spike, and then we can re-hit. You can just not be where you were with the Yoru, whereas with the Gecko you can't, and I don't think we got all that much value out of the Gecko plants, which is why you play Gecko, because Gecko can, can plant. And there's my yeah, one. Well, I just think that this is a, a much larger topic that we could have gotten to earlier, I yes. guess. But yeah, maybe um... we'll get to it after next week. <laughs> I, personally, yeah. my, my opinion is well, because... after, after he compares and he plays Yoru once and he plays Gekko once on Bind. And... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just you just play yeah. the Yoru on Monday, and then we can talk about why you should have played one or the other next week's pod. Here's the thing. I, I'm going to say right now. I really Wait, do feel that. Yoru. 
Okay, here there's a there's a small problem with me playing Yoru uh in two days. <laughs> and the problem is that I haven't played any Yoru in like two months. Uh so I, I whereas I've been playing a lot of Gecko. Uh and there's definitely I definitely feel like I'd want to be very much up on my Yoru game in order to bring enough value to the table to justify running three duelists. Um, <laughs> yeah, the triple so, duelist okay. golf. All right, all right, yeah. hold on. Alex doesn't count. Alex clicks heads. It, well, yes, That's but the rest of the utility to set him up definitely counts. I, I think if Fair anything, enough. you can say Alex is such Gecko a good duelist. Do, Gecko doesn't do dick for that. He has a flash. He has a flash. He has yeah, but Yoru has two better flashes. Two. Gecko's flash is good for info, though. No, I, I also and I don't have to worry about blinding is... Alex. Also, the the okay, uh, Yoru flashes, are, the Yoru flashes are kind of they're kind of duelisty. They're kind of like I'm flashing around this corner. I'd say they're the most initiator of the duelist flashes yeah. because you can yeah, but they're still duelist flashes. Mm. Yeah. So here's the thing. I would be very down to consider running Yoru going forward for either like bind in the tournament or you know bind in future premiere. I just think it doesn't. Yeah, make just sense a future premiere league run. You know, another season yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, I just, I'm I just like, don't I'm think it makes like sense. Literally Monday. I I'm thinking of literally can, the day this podcast comes out, you should be playing Yoru on bind. I, I'll think about <laughs> we it. We run triple duelist. <laughs> I guess I'll think about it. I, I'm not so sure about that one. <laughs> I'm just not confident that Gecko brings enough to the team. It might work because, like, I, utility level at our at our level or utility uses at our level is shit. So, well, but well, it's not in in Premiere. I mean, oh. I, I mean, I I think that I think there's some significant value from the Gecko. If any, you know, I got some good value out of my Shark. The uh, flashes had definitely had some value. I, I I don't know. Obviously, it wasn't utilized as well as it could have been. But I mean, you, just with our showers take, the whole being able to chuck the dizzy into showers and the info it provides, significantly better than a Yoru flash there. Like, there are absolutely Maybe. cases where I'm be losing out on the Yoru, particularly since I'm going to be so heavily restricted in terms of the aggressive Yoru plays. Um... I just think I would have to, I, I think that, yeah, it'd be difficult for me to bring as much value uh, with Yoru as I would with Gecko. All right. Well, yeah. with that, Tony, thank you for coming on the pod. Yeah, yeah. it was super dope. Good to have you again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, we'll drink with you later. <laughs>